It's honestly so scary running a business. I can't even begin to tell you the amount of times I've questioned my decisions or doubted what I was doing or better yet, felt like I was an imposter because people would be judging what I was doing or thinking that I didn't really know what I was talking about. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. I can almost guarantee you at some point that you will experience fear at one point or another in your business. When I think of a business owner who has truly worked on conquering her fears, I think of Danielle Ryan, owner of Lifestyle by Design Studio. In today's episode, you'll hear from Danielle why she has had to overcome fear so many times in running her business and how that has ultimately helped her grow as a business owner. I hope this episode is encouraging to you. We all have fears at one point or another, but what we choose to do with them will make all the difference in how we choose to run our business. Welcome to the Let's Be Honest About Business podcast. If you're anything like me, then you strive for us all to be honest with where we're at in our business rather than putting on a front. You can expect to hear about struggles and successes to everything in between from myself and others in business. I'm your host, Morgan, and through being honest with what I've struggled with, I'll be sharing practical tips on how to get out of your slumps and run the business of your dreams regardless of where you're at. Whether you're driving in your car or sipping coffee on your couch, I hope you find this information valuable. Let's hang out. Danielle, thank you so much for being on today. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing quite well today. You know, every day is something new and exciting. So it's just a matter of rolling with whatever life has handed me for today. And so far, it's been a good one. So we'll go with that. Totally. And we might get a little bit into this, but you have you have a lot going on. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do for work, how you got started, all of that. Absolutely. So I started on my journey about three years ago, I would say I was working a regular nine to five job. um, And things weren't really going in a direction that looked like I was going to move sort of up the corporate ladder, I guess you could say I was feeling very stuck, very unfulfilled and very uninspired which for me, I've always been a person that's like, go, 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 got a million things on the go. And so it was a really difficult position to be in. And so during my time while I was still working this corporate job, I actually, this is quite common in Canada. I don't know what it's like in the States, but a lot of rural communities, um, their fire departments are actually based out of mostly volunteers. So we have a few full-time staff and then the rest is all like volunteer part-time workers. And so I decided to join my local fire department, just like sort of on a whim. (laughs) And um, basically that started as like another sort of list or another addition to the list of things that I do for a living, I guess you could say. So while I was still working this nine to five job, um, like I said, I was feeling really uninspired and um, I'd always been sort of like that motivational, like do the best you can with what you have sort of person. And so I decided to launch my own podcast and a blog. And from that, it sort of just spiraled into something so much bigger. And so about uh, nine months ago now, I actually quit my corporate job on a whim. Totally was just like, this is not working for me. I'm going to go become a yoga teacher. Went and did my training in Portugal, came back to Canada, started my business. From there became a mindset coach. And now I'm a business mentor helping women start their own businesses while I'm still firefighting on the side. And so it's all just a little bit crazy and chaotic, but so amazing. And so that's sort of where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's crazy. So you're podcasting, you're a yoga instructor, you're, you're a coach, you are helping women build their businesses on the side and you're firefighting. Like 
I that's so insane. How much would you say you work per week? Like how many hours? <laughs> I know it sounds like it would be like a crazy amount, but really I'm very like one thing I'm very keen on is mastering my productivity and so I honestly wouldn't say that I work more than 40 hours a week just because it is really important to me that I'm able to do the things that I love. So I don't really work that traditional like oh, it's four o'clock on a, like Tuesday, I better stop working. Instead, it's like, oh, it's seven o'clock on Thursday night and I'm sitting at home not doing anything. Like I might as well work for a few hours while I watch TV with my boyfriend. So it's really just probably about 40 hours, but it doesn't look like the traditional schedule per se. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's actually talk about that just for a little bit. Um, I know I didn't really prepare you for this question, but um, you know, for our listeners, if they only have about five minutes to listen to the podcast, I want to make sure that they have something that they can take away. Um, what are your best tips for being productive? Absolutely. So one thing that I work with with all my clients is learning how to batch content. So for example, because I have so many different streams of income, I guess you could say, and like focuses that I need to do in my business, I will specifically dedicate certain days to certain activities. So for example, today, Tuesday is a podcast day. I like to get all of my podcasts written, recorded, and scheduled to post all in one day for the entire month so that I'm not worrying every Sunday night, like, oh my God, I have to launch a podcast tomorrow at 7 a.m. It's done and it's dealt with. And then, so same thing works for emails that I need to send out throughout the month, um, days that I work with clients in person doing yoga, days that I work with clients online doing calls, I group it all together so that my brain isn't jumping from activity to activity and I'm able to just focus all my energy into that one specific thing. Awesome. Love that. I'm a huge fan of batching my content as well. So <laughs> I can personally vouch for that. So since this is the Let's Be Honest About Business podcast, um, would you mind sharing an honest moment of your week? I know it's Tuesday, so it's the beginning of the week, but maybe something that you had going on in the last week or month that you've had to come overcome? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually in the midst of planning a retreat right now. So it's going to be like a three-day wellness retreat at a luxury um, waterfront beach home here in Ontario. And so I had essentially planned in my mind, I feel like as business owners, we have this, like the, um, we're all guilty of doing this. I had this plan in my mind where I was like, okay, if I put around like X amount of dollars into advertising, this many people will sign up and that's going to be it. It's going to be sold out and blah, blah, blah. So I was telling myself this story. I had already decided like this was the truth. And so I did that. I spent all this money did some advertising. Um, immediately I sold four spaces. So I was like, okay, my plan is totally working hundred percent and I might as well keep going in the same way because obviously it's working and then it stopped. So I'm spending all this money on advertising and I wasn't seeing the return that I had anticipated off the top. And so it was a little bit discouraging to be honest. And I actually spent a day, this was a, a week or two ago now, where I like paused all the ads and was like, had this sort of freak out, like, oh my God, this isn't working. Nobody wants to come. This is stupid. Like, why did I do this? And then it's really, I have those moments where you're really like talking to yourself negatively and just stepping back for a moment, thinking to yourself, okay, what is the purpose though? Why am I even hosting this retreat in the first place? And coming back to that intention of like, I am here to serve these women just because not everyone's hopping on my Facebook ads. Like I had envisioned in my mind, doesn't mean that it's not valid and not worth putting out there. And so this week has really been focused on 
sort of reworking how I'm advertising it and really just creating a new approach to delivering that message out to those people in hopes that spots will fill. And it actually turned out that last night I filled another spot. So I was like, as soon as you sort of let go of that mentality of like, this is how things have to be or are supposed to be. Um, it's funny how things start to fall into place. Yeah. Letting go is a really good point because we might have something in our mind and we might want to stick to that, but then, you know, if it doesn't work, we have to have that flexibility to be able to redirect where we're going or what we're doing. So the fact that you did that and you're, you're letting, giving yourself the opportunity to work around your obstacle and figure it out a different way is awesome. I love that. It's all about being adaptable and just kind of rolling with the punches. I mean, The one thing I think I've learned most in owning a business is that nothing ever goes the way you expect it. So just (laughs) learning how to accept that as a reality and uh, handle it as it comes. Absolutely. That's so true. Nothing ever goes how we plan it. (laughs) And that, I mean, maybe that probably actually leads into our topic for today. Uh, We're going to be talking about facing your fears when it comes to running a business and I think we all at some point or another will be facing our fears or already have faced our fears or don't know how to face our fears. So for you running your business, what has been the scariest part of being a business owner? What have, what have been some things that you've had to face? Um, so sort of actually, I guess on the line of what we were just talking about, I think one of the largest challenges I've had is getting too fixated on a specific path and coming to terms with the fact that it's okay to not stay in that same place. So when I, before I started my business, I launched my podcast, like I had mentioned, which was really focused on helping millennials transition into adulthood. And so when I decided to take my business full time, I sort of thought that I had to stay in that realm of, well, I'm just here to help millennials figure out what they want to do with their life. Even when it sort of came to this point where I wasn't even really interested specifically in that anymore, especially once I started to get into more of like the spiritual and wellness side of things. Um, So I think that one thing that it's really come down to is this fear of like, we think that if we change directions, well, now our audience is going to get confused or things aren't going to work out or people are going to say X, Y, Z about me because it looks like I can't follow through with one specific thing. And like looking at myself and all the different avenues that I've chosen to pursue, that's something that I've dealt with a lot is thinking like, well, people are just going to think I am like they say the jack of all trades, the master of none. And so Really, I think just learning how to view change as something that's super exciting rather than something that's super scary Um, and knowing that we aren't solely defined by the one thing that we do and that as humans, we're ever evolving and our passions change and it's okay to accept that as long as we learn how to sort of move through it rather than avoid it altogether. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's really good. I think too, on that note, we're always evolving, but also the world is always evolving. Social media is always evolving. Other people are always evolving. So we have to be adaptable and we have to, like, if we, if we want to change, there's always going to be there instead of having a mindset of scarcity, we should change our mindset to a mindset of, you know, I I lack nothing. Like there's always going to be something for me, you know? Exactly. Um, Infinite possibilities. And I think that that comes down to learning how to adjust your expectations. So it's important to have goals in your mind and like places you want to get to, 
but really just while keeping your eye on that goal, remaining open to the other opportunities that could potentially present themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are, I mean, what are some other ways that you've had to overcome some of the scary things that you've faced? Um, I would say that the like feedback that I get in, not necessarily from my community, but from people around me has been something that's super scary. And I think that is a huge thing with anyone, whether you're a business owner or not. A lot of the times fear stops us in our place because we're afraid of what other people are going to say. We're afraid of the judgment we're going to get. And um, we're afraid of just like maintaining a specific image, I guess. And I had actually a funny experience with this recently. And I'm from like a fairly small community. So everyone sort of knows everyone and what everyone's up to. And a group of like older people, like my parents' age sort of, were essentially saying some like not so nice things about me, which is fine because when it came down to it, I had this revelation when I found out about this. At first I was kind of hurt. And then I was like, you know what? Those people aren't my people. And so people who aren't your people, their opinions are irrelevant in terms of what you're up to. So if you're a business owner and somebody who would you would never work with or who would never purchase a service from you is saying things that maybe aren't so nice, you don't need to care what they think. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I just mean it that our biggest critics are often the people that we aren't trying to serve or they're people that just simply don't understand what it is you're doing. And I know that's something I've struggled with a lot. And I'm sure a lot of online entrepreneurs have struggled, struggled with because our generation was raised understanding that the internet is this place of infinite possibility for creating money and making a business and being successful. And I think there's sort of a generational gap in that sense where they just don't get it. And so that's okay. It's all about learning to just let it go, letting go of that fear of judgment, letting go of that fear of what somebody else is going to say about you. And really, like we were saying before, coming back to that self-reflection and knowing that at the end of the day, this is your journey. You get to own it. You get to choose what direction you're going to take it. And you just have to be confident in that delivery. So like, I am here, I'm excited, I'm doing this thing, and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a really great point too. And also to add to that, not everybody is our, you know, tribe. <laughs> and exactly. The that are, they're going to help move our business forward, you know, but we can't be everybody to everything to everyone. And I think that's like a common mistake that new business owners make because they think that they have to be. And so just really learning that it's okay that you can't please everyone and just focus on the people that you do want to serve. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. We kind of talked a little bit about this when you were talking about how your business had kind of switched directions and you were a little bit scared of what the people who had already been following you would think. There's this idea, well, I think everybody actually experiences imposter syndrome at some point or another, which is basically fear of what others might think of us. And if we're actually really able to give advice, if we actually know what we're doing, how do you overcome imposter syndrome and still continue to show up for your audience? This is such a great question. I was just speaking to this with a, um, with a client of mine, sorry. And, um, I think that it's something that we all face, whether we are one month into our business or 10 years into our business, 
or our business is just a thought in our mind that we think would be nice to own someday. Um, I think that there's a few things we can do if we're someone that's suffering with imposter syndrome and really just trying to get ourselves out of that mindset. Um, so if that works, I can share a few tips specifically on how to address that. If that's yeah, useful. Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so I think that first things first, if imposter syndrome is something you're struggling with, you need to recognize it because something that I often work on with meditation clients of mine is just acknowledging where they are at in the moment without judgment of how they got there. So if you are working in your business, you're feeling like a fraud, you're thinking, oh my God, um, no one's going to take me seriously. How could I possibly be an expert in this? I want you to observe that thought for what it is, whether rather than engaging in saying like, yep, yeah, I'm a fraud. That's it. So learning to think, okay, I'm having this thought about myself. I'm not feeling so great. And just becoming aware of the fact that it exists and then letting it go from there, learning to sort of reframe it. So focus on what is the service you're providing and how is it valuable? Because all too often we think like, oh, I couldn't possibly be the expert. And then we forget about all those people we've already helped or all those people we've already served through the actions that we've been doing up to this point. And I think for me, transitioning from my full-time job into this as a business, that was something I really had to come back to because I was in this nine to five job and I was like, how could I possibly make this work? Like, no one's going to take me seriously if I own my own business. And then I was thinking like, wait a minute, I've had this blog, I've had this podcast for a year and I've had nothing but positive feedback. So obviously I have something important to say. So learning to reframe that thought into like, I can do this, I am capable and I don't necessarily need to know more than someone else. I just need to know more than most people. From there, sharing that experience, people want to know that you are a human. So they want to be able to relate to the fact that you feel the same as them. And so imposter syndrome is something I talk about with all of my clients, with my audience constantly, because if we look at imposter syndrome as sort of a shaming experience, it's going to remain in that frame of mind. So once you really open up and share with people, like I was afraid to make this post or share this story about myself. Um, but I really just want to be open and honest with you. You're showing those people in your tribe, like we mentioned, that it's okay. And if they have a similar experience, it's okay to talk about it. The dangerous part of imposter syndrome is believing that it's unique to you and your situation. And so by really recognizing it, reframing the way we think about it, and then sharing in that experience, you're essentially just giving yourself a better way to cope with it when it does come up. Because you can rejoice in the fact that you are not alone in this journey. You know what you're talking about and you are here to share your purpose with the world. Sorry if that got like super deep. That is something I was just, I was literally just writing about this like a couple hours ago, like thinking about it. So um, I really just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think every business owner at one point or another is going to struggle with that, especially as their business continues to grow. I know I can speak for myself. I was incredibly terrified to start this podcast because um when the one of the things I mentioned I think in my second episode was that you know I just didn't know if I had anything to give and what I talked about would maybe you know somebody had already probably talked about it in the past and so I don't know if I was really adding anything but and then I go and read the the awesome incredibly 
genuine and nice comments that people have written and it's like oh my gosh now I have to like make sure I hold up to these standards and these expectations um from just even the reviews and so it's been something I mean even I've had to like overcome in the past like two months so (laughs) so absolutely I think that if you aren't experiencing this as an entrepreneur like I don't know but to me that seems impossible (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially entrepreneurs, I feel like we're always going to be doubting whether whatever it is we do, whether it's good enough or whether, you know, I've, I've had doubts in my mind sometimes when I like deliver a wedding to a client and they don't respond to their email right away and say, thank you for the images. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, do they like them? Like, do they, hate yeah. them? Like, you know, just we're all going to deal with it at one point or another. So yeah, we're just like writing these narratives in our head and we tell ourselves that they're true, even though we have no evidence to back it up. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So what tips would you have for other business owners who are fearful to start their business or, or attack those dreams or tackle, I should say, tackle those dreams? <laughs> attack. Let's just get super <laughs> aggressive off the hop. Yeah. No. Um, I think that the biggest thing especially if you're someone who is maybe just thinking of starting a business and you haven't quite taken the leap yet is to just recognize that we can sit around and we can think about things all day and dream about how nice it would be one day to have this thing that we want. But until you actually decide to step forward and take that first simple action, it doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to launch a YouTube channel or start a podcast or do any of these great big things. Um, But until you decide to make that one single action, that's one step closer to where you want to get to, you're not going to see those things come to fruition. And I don't want to be like a big Debbie Downer dream crusher over here, but I'm just being totally honest. I know for me, in order to really get that momentum and that motivation to take things to the next level, I had to do something big and bold, which for me looked like quitting my job. And I don't recommend everyone goes out there and quits their job. I happened to be in a pretty privileged position where I was able to do that safely. Um, But really just figuring out what that dream really looks like and breaking down the actions that are going to be needed to get you one step closer. Like it's not going to happen overnight. It takes work. It takes consistency. But knowing that it's up to you to take that first action, despite the fear, despite the doubts that you might be facing, you're not going to know unless you try. And I think for me, that was the biggest thing. When I quit my job, it came down to the fear of not knowing whether it was going to work out versus the fear of having to stay at this nine to five dead end job for the next 40 years. And that was scarier to me than perhaps starting a business and failing. And so I decided to just take that messy action and figure it out later. So I think that my biggest piece of advice for business owners who are fearful to start towards their dreams is to just make your move. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned that you were kind of privileged in the sense that you, you had, you were able to just quit your nine to five and just go for it, which is awesome that you were able to do that. But for those who can't, you know, maybe it's just like working one or two hours after work every night, after you get home from your job and, you know, 
building a website or um, trying to book clients or whatever it is that you do. It's it, if you uh, if you work towards that dream, it will eventually happen. And you know, overnight success is just not a thing. And so I think a lot of people don't realize that you know a lot of late nights go into what we do, and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And, you know, sometimes the schedule doesn't look always like we, like we always imagine, but, but that's really good. So. Exactly. And I think for anyone, like you said, it's all just about prioritizing it. If this is something you really want, make it a priority and you'll find the time to get it done, whether it is just that one or two hours once or twice a week, whatever you can manage into your schedule. If this is something you really truly want, make it a priority and things will happen. Right. And if, if you don't make it a priority, then you'll know like it's not something you truly, really want. So <laughs> Exactly. And I think that too is an issue that a lot of us can struggle with is that we have this vision of like, oh, these things would all be really nice. But then when it actually comes down to pursuing them, we're like, oh, never mind. This actually isn't what I thought it was going to be. And that's totally okay to recognize that, but you have to take that action in order to know. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's going to happen for any business owner, you, whether you, you know, when you start small, you do in general tend to take on whatever comes your way, but the more you grow, the more you'll realize like either this doesn't grow my business or it's just not something I'm super passionate about. So I might as well focus my attention on something that actually does grow my business and fuels me up. So yeah, absolutely. So what, what would you tell someone, you know, what, how do they walk forward in confidence, you know, rather than like, let's say they launch their business, they're super excited, all that, but they're still maybe facing that imposter syndrome or they're just not confident in what, what it is they offer. How do they exude confidence to their clients and, um, you know, others in their industry maybe? Sure. And I think at the end of the day, it sort of comes down to just owning your expertise. And so, we talked a bit about, um, well, at the beginning, we talked about how I'm a, I consider myself to be a multi-passionate millennial. Um, and so I actually did a talk on this at a local event a couple weeks ago. And we were, I was essentially sharing the message that no matter what it is you choose to pursue, you need to own that experience as a whole. Because if you want people to actually recognize you as an authority or recognize you as an expert in whatever it is, you need to sort of step out of that comfort zone of like self-doubt of thinking, oh, well, people might not take me seriously and just friggin' fake it till you make it. Honestly, super cliche, but it is so true. Turning that mess that you're feeling, that chaos, that confusion into your message and just owning the process of like, hey guys, this is me. I'm still figuring it out along the way but I am here to help you solve problem X, Y, Z. Recognize that you are in control of your thoughts. Your thoughts are what are creating your reality. And essentially you have the decision to fuel those thoughts and actions with positive or negative energy. And so if you find yourself struggling with self-belief or self-confidence, then obviously you really need to work on those negative thought patterns because they're not serving you well. So bring awareness to the experience you're having. When you start to feel self-doubt, think what is causing me to feel this way and how can I make it different? You are in the driver's seat. You are controlling the direction. So it's up to you in these times of self-doubt and of self, like self-confidence problems that you decide to just open your mind to the realm of possibility. I think that 
we can get really caught in this scarcity mindset, like you had mentioned earlier of there's not enough clients out there. There's not enough opportunities. And so once we decide to sort of flip that switch and be like, well, there are literally 7 billion people or however many on this world. Why can't I find two people to buy from me? (laughs) Hopefully that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What happens, would you say, when we choose to overlook our fear and instead look at what might lie ahead for us? I think that it becomes an incredibly freeing experience. I know even in my own personal journey of working through my business, it's amazing that about the opportunities that have presented themselves once I decided to sort of get out of my own head. Like once I let go of the idea of like, no one's going to take me seriously. I just started as a yoga instructor. Like how could I be compared to these other people who have been doing it for 10 plus years? But once I really just owned it and introduced myself as like, hi, my name's Danielle. I'm a yoga instructor. Hi, my name's Danielle. I'm a mindset coach. People start to think of you front of mind. And next thing you knew, like all these opportunities were coming at my door to like speak at this event that I had just mentioned, or I'm running a local entrepreneur group in my community now. And so it's, just crazy that once we sort of let go of our ego and that negative uh, voice in our head that's telling us we're not good enough, we're not going to be successful, nobody cares what we have to say, suddenly people are like radiate attracted to us. We turn into like this magnet and everyone's just like, I want to work with you. I want a piece of you. I want to pick your brain. And um, I think you have value to offer. So although we may not recognize it in ourselves and those of you listening might think, might be having these negative thoughts and thinking you're not good enough. Other people don't see you the same way you see yourself. So just sort of, even when you're not feeling so great about yourself, think of those people you have helped, even if it's not in a business setting, but maybe someone in your personal life, um, know that those people appreciate you more than you recognize. Yeah, that's good. And I totally agree. I think, uh, anyone is going to see you in a better light than you see yourself, but also to add to that, I think one way to kind of get out of your own head and stay in your lane is to kind of beat the comparison game that is entrepreneurship. And I know social media can make it really easy to compare ourselves to other people. So, you know, if anyone's really struggling with that, then I would highly recommend to step off social media for a second, um, really take a take an afternoon or whatever it is to hone in on what it is that you want in your business. What are some things that you're passionate about? And put your blinders on, put your head down, get to work and, you know, uh, shut out all of the outside influence so that you can really start to come into your own. Um, But if you're always constantly inundated by like other outside influence, then it's going to make it a lot harder to be confident in what it is that you're offering, confident in yourself and your product. So, um, so I just wanted to add to that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that envy can much like our thoughts and actions can go in two ways you can either use envy as like a oh my god I'm not as good as her or you can use it as a motivator to be like wow this girl is inspiring af how can I be more like them and how can I replicate the way they're showing up into my own life yeah mm -hmm. yeah because other people are gonna have you know insight that they can bring to the table you know when you put your head down and stay in your own lane, that's not to say that you can't, um, you can't accept any outside influence at all. I mean, obviously there's people that you, that you aspire to be like, and that's okay as well. Just don't get to a point that it's all that you consume your mind with. 
Exactly. I think that is 100% what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. So what's something that you're currently working on that you're really excited about? Absolutely. So I have a couple things. Um, I recently just revamped my one-on-one coaching packages. And so I have a few wonderful ladies that are working their way through that. It was important to me that I started to focus less specifically just on the mindset and started giving some real strategy to my clients. I was finding in my own experience, I was wasting a lot of time having to figure out systems of running an online business. And so um, really focusing on allowing the women that I work with the freedom to sort of implement those systems into their own life and business to make things a little bit easier. On a more personal note, I've actually started um, really transitioning my yoga practice into yoga for first responders. So I'm offering um, yoga for PTSD here locally with my fire department. Like I had mentioned, I'm on the fire department. And so I've been there for about two years now. And so working with the wonderful ladies and gentlemen there and showing them the benefits of yoga, of how we can use tactical breathing. That was one thing that I thought was incredible when I learned meditation and pranayama, which is um, breath work, is how much I can control my breathing. If I'm on the scene of a fire, I have my full air tank on, um, learning how to control my breath through my yoga practice. So again, all of these different avenues that I have taken in my life are really just coming full circle into this complementary practice. And so one thing that I'm really working on is learning how to sort of harness that overlap and make it much more seamless because I think that it can seemingly be like, I do five different things, but really every avenue that I pursue has a purpose and it complements each other very well. That's awesome. Well, I'm super excited to keep up with what you're doing. And real quick, this is just a totally random question. <laughs> um, what do you, do you have a crazy story that you could tell from your firefighter experience? Oh goodness. This is like on the spot. I'm trying to think of like <laughs> something funny. Honestly, I live in a community with a lot of um, elderly people. So a lot of the times it's just like innocent, their alarms going off, we go to their house and we just need to change the batteries. And so oh it's, it's like a little bit heartwarming, you know, just to be able to work with um, elderly people in the community and sort of make sure that they're being fire safe. We have a really big push on fire prevention. And so for me, um, I find it really fulfilling, I guess you could say, to be able to provide people with that service, especially um, when they are widowed or just like a little bit older and maybe don't have the mobility that they once had. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure like how much of the specifics I can divulge on the internet. So I'll just leave it at that. No worries. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. Where can everybody find you and keep up with what you're doing? Amazing. Yeah. So like I had mentioned, I have a podcast. It's called Adulting 101. You can find it pretty much anywhere that podcasts are available. So iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and I'm fighting with Spotify right now. So hopefully it'll be on there soon. Um, other than that, if you want to connect with me specifically, you can find me on Instagram. That's at Lifestyle by Design Studio and on Facebook by the same name. So I actually love chatting with people, making new connections. So if you do listen to this podcast and you just want to say hello, send me a message. I love chatting with people through my DMs. And so I actually think that's how I found Morgan. So um, yeah, I would love to connect with you all there. 
So just send me a message. I am not scary. So I look forward to hearing from you all. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. This is awesome. I know so many people are going to learn so many, so much great stuff from you. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thanks so much for listening. For more information or to learn a little bit more about me and my brand, you can follow me on Instagram at Lady Ilg. That's L-A-D-Y-I-L-G. Or visit LadyIlgPhotography.com. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer for you on a future episode, simply email me at Morgan at LadyIlgPhotography.com with your question, and I'd love to answer it for you. Your questions are encouraged and welcome. I look forward to showing up on another episode soon.